Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I am the Custom Advisory Lead for S4HANA Strategy at SAP and you're listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. Last week we released the first part of my conversation with Ivo Bauermann, who is SAP's Senior Vice President, Head of Product Strategy for Database and Analytics, which was a fantastic analysis of how great ideas can be turned into success and what type of people are needed in the tech companies of the 21st century. It's highly recommended to give this episode 18 a thorough listen because this episode is an absolute joy and extremely entertaining and has already become a listener favorite. Today's release covers the second part where we discuss the principles of modern analytic solutions and specifically, of course, SAP's next-gen solutions in that area which are the SAP Analytics Cloud and the Data Warehouse Cloud. Also, we talk about the economical implications and success factors to bring all horsepowers of these capabilities to the street to enable 100% insight to action here on the SAP Experts Podcast. Welcome back. We have still Ivo in the room. Because I am still fine. <laughs> um, for the listeners, this will be something like a one-week break. For us, it's just something like a few minutes because uh, your um, treasure of stories uh, is so huge that we spontaneously decided to make something like a two-part episode out of this. And um, we want to go now a little bit more since we were talking about the past, more or less, and your recommendations, your learnings out of it. A little bit more about now the present and the future. And especially the SAP Analytics Cloud, or is it is it allowed to say suck? I prefer not to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I realized this uh, when 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 somebody was talking like this, and he says, "Ah, no, we we call it really SAP Analytics Cloud." I do. I, I don't know. We've got this, uh, you know obsession almost with turning everything into, into three liter in an acronym yeah. maybe because our company name is an S-A-P. acronym p yeah. yeah yeah but but you should say sap not sap i i do say sap yeah yeah, yeah. I, I say both sometimes but um, yeah I, I we have to be more disciplined <laughs> <laughs> you know what i i haven't done the math alex but I kind of get the feeling if I say analytics cloud, you know, that whole cumulative time, you know, doesn't really take away much from my lifetime. I think so. Come on, people. We have the time. Say it. We have the time. Exactly. Say it right. The the nice thing, although it sounds cute when I call it the nice thing, but the really nice thing for me personally was the SAP analytics cloud since I'm, I'm... preaching this all the time. When we're talking about digital transformation, digitalization, intelligent enterprise, the central capability an intelligent enterprise has to be able to do is, from my point of view, absolute insight to action. And that's where you are coming very handy for me and very helpful because you have a very big part already into that insight part, but also like pulling in into the into action area which um, is for my personal argumentation um, very beautiful where are we now in your opinion concerning the sap analytics cloud and where are we going 
like what is the roadmap for it and mm -hmm. what are like the central capabilities you plan to do with that like from a certain horizon you can tell probably it's not able to say like what we do in five years but from in a within a realistic horizon and how do you expect people to work with it like in one to two years mm -hmm. so from a so first, from a just real quick, from a uh, uh, business perspective, because as I said, we started out four years ago. Th this is one of the fastest growing organic cloud solutions within SAP, still today. So we are, you know, growing. Really You're fast. mature. We're mature. Yes, it is definitely a mature business. If if you would, you know, compare this. You know, and I've used this analogy as a startup. You know, if you compare this in an external market, um, we are now really at a stage, you know, where you know maybe a startup company could have gone IPO, and uh, you know, I, I'd say we we would have been worth you know a, a significant um, you know a, amount. But just to indicate, yes, we we have grown this into a mature business, so we're we're way out of the startup phase and, and all of that, and you know, with all its its, its goodness. Um, which is a reflection of our goal and is to deliver solutions that the customers would want. So that's a good thing. What we have seen and, and where we have started out with, when we started to build this, it was, like you said, getting insights. Yeah. Right? So that, that's number one. You know, if you don't know where you're going or, or where you've been, how do you know where you're going? And, and that's what we provided you know, at first, but we had already built in. And that's where the... Um, significance of, of using HANA even at the time you know comes in because it's paying dividends you know now or it pay dividends later is that we could use all those capabilities to do more interesting stuff like, you know it's one thing to do you know create a dashboard and all of that um, but that's not the, the, the real value right you know other other solutions can do the two you know as good and uh, that's not where the value is so the value is is in in, in, in two ways can i do this more efficient because you know the volume of data is only growing Absolutely. as you know so um, building dashboards and getting data etc cetera, etc cetera, um, is, is is only uh, or only has gotten harder and it's getting more complex so um you know we need to do this in, you know easier and easier so we, and um and I call that, that's the dirty little secret of self-service, right? You know, and, and I know other companies have really benefited from that as, as, a, um, as a value proposition. Um, and I get it. Mm -hmm. I understand it. And, and good for them and good for, you know, all those users that have used a very simple tool. But the downside of self-service, you know what the downside of self-service is? Tell me. You actually have to do the work. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're a business user. I'm, I'm gonna come on. You're you're too busy to build your own. Yes, it's easier now, and you mm -hmm. can build the dashboards, but you have to build it now, right? So, um, and it was kind of for me, it was almost ironic. You know, we come from, as you know, enterprise uh, BI, right? Where okay, IT built the dashboards for you, and yes, it would have been cumbersome if you needed. Uh, a change and you had to go to the IT department and say, you know, can you build me this report? Totally get it. that. We had to get out of it. But how crazy is that the flip side of that was like, oh, now you can do it yourself. So it's super flexible. Yeah. Okay, great. But now I have to do it myself. Right? When, when like, you're like left alone, it's very easy to be flexible. Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and and, and um, 
so it, it is totally inefficient because yeah. now as a business, I have to build it myself. Yes, uh, I don't have to go to the uh, IT department. Secondly, um, if if I'm building my own reports, you're building the, your your own reports. You know, where's the consistency? Yeah. Right. We get into a meeting. Are we even looking at the same? Uh, information, the same numbers in the same way. If I share my report that I build with someone else and it's using completely different setup, um, that's also not a good thing. So what we felt was more important is to automate it. Okay? Now you don't have to go to IT, you know, to ask them for make to, to make a change. Now you can have the system produce the information that you need. And it goes a step further, right? Now the system can actually detect for you, what is the most relevant change in your business? This is, you know, this is where the whole, you know, we call it, you know, machine learning and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about the technology itself. And again, I want to use the application of it. And the application of it is you don't have to do the work. One. Second, the system can actually detect it for you. So it's not just about decision support, but also attention support. Yeah, maybe that, that's yeah. one. I've never thought of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, attention. Where should you be looking at? Yeah, yeah. that's a great way of, of looking at it. I like that um, because you could spend a lot of time, you know, on the data that <laughs> that's maybe not relevant. Absolutely, right? And and, and that that's not not good either. And uh, um, so I, I think that that that's where you know the real benefit is. And I think that's also where we have an advantage because we did start. You know, from from that that point, this is like I said, this is where, you know, where uh, the, the choices that we made in the past are, are paying dividends because we can, you know, or or with less effort than than others introduce, you know, that kind of technology and, and use it. Um, a common term that we use, right? Because you asked me, you know, where is this going and mm -hmm. what are the trends? Um, the term used right now is augmented BI, right? So you augment, you know. The business intelligence of the past and the augmentation comes in, you know, more prescriptive, more automated. The system will detect for you what is the most relevant information. And even the system can help you produce it in a format that is the most relevant. Is, you know, certain data better understood and communicated in a certain form, right? The system can help you with that. Um, and again, you don't have to do the work, so... Sorry, self-service, but <laughs> <laughs> it will be there. No, I'm. I'm, I'm it, it has its place. It, yeah, of yeah. course, it has its place. But but you you, you get my point. I, I think yeah. that 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 you know, and we clearly noticed that. Also, talking to our customers, that that you know, certainly the, the big companies that have experienced uh, the IT departments that have to live through, you know, the business picking their own tools mm. and uh, you know, demanding flexibility and you know, the IT. You know, people are, are are smart people, and they already saw that. You know, this maybe not a disaster, but certainly not a very desirable state where you can have you know all these pockets of, of data that you're sending into you know all these fragmented tools, and then have lot yes, a lot of flexibility. Um, you know, good for the business user, but maybe bad for business consistency. Okay. Absolutely, and especially self-service itself. Sometimes it has become as a like an excuse for not supporting doing something. And of course, self-service will have its point. But 
the world is never black and white. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are the reasons and there are its places, but, but not. And especially when we are talking about like in 2020, like 212 billion things will be connected, yeah, producing even more data than ever before. We are talking about a data volume which is has never seen and never been imagined before, and now cope with that without help, without support, like attention support, decision support, just by yourself service. That's not how it works. No, and and uh, by the way, on that point, you know, in the volume, well, what I learned, the um, so the estimate is 175 zettabytes, you know, by 2025, IDC wow. produced that. Well, you say, wow, you know, I don't think many people will know how big that is. Yeah. 175 zettabytes. What does I it just mean? added some zeros? <laughs> well, add a lot of zeros. I think yeah. it's 21 yeah. um, or 22. It's 10 to the power 21. Um, better way to think of this is that is uh, more than the number of stars in the visible galaxy. So, um, yeah, it is a lot of data. Um, yeah, but back to, to the point. So how do you deal with that? Right? And, uh, and I also want to make clear that you know, I'm a big believer in self-service, right, but for the right purpose. Yeah. Right? Not for everything. That's one. And, and also, you know, that was back to the, the, uh, the earlier theme that we talked about getting pressure, uh, maybe even, you know, critique, because there were times when, you know, people said, well, you guys are maybe not as flexible. You know, I thank everyone who accused us of that because we used it to improve. So if we were not as self-service in the past, we are now, and we're also a very flexible tool. So, yeah, I mean, we took that as, as great uh, feedback, you know, both from the market telling us that our competitors offered it and, you know, and maybe they were better at it at certain points. So we got them there, but then we leapfrogged, as I said, you know, more in the, uh, what I think, you know, still the most important thing is to offer augmented BI and, and automation because, you know, how else can you deal with the data volumes that we have today and, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger in the future. So when a customer is saying, and, and we have still, as, as successful as Analytics Cloud is, we have still, of course, customers who are not yet there, but want to. What is your recommendation of, let's say, the first attacking point of SAP Analytics Cloud? Use cases. I mean, we're building solutions. You know, you're not... It'd be wrong to pick technology, right? So It's a business it, topic. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it, you know, look at the use case. And, and that goes for our new solution as well as our old solutions. So a lot of the customers that I meet, and they ask me, you know, should I move to Analytics Cloud or should I use, you know, pick, pick any new product? You know, first thing I ask is, what's your use case? What do you want to use it for? Because only then can I tell you whether you should move or not, whether it will improve or not. And yeah, you probably lived through this as well, you know, spending time with customers or your teams having to time, spend time with customers. There are good reasons to use some of the older products. Nothing wrong with that, yeah. right? But there are other use cases that are now better served, you know, with, with our uh, tools. So it's, it's not binary, right? Um, I mean, I drive an electric car now. Um, okay. You know, um, I got a good use case for it, but you know, there's still uh, good use cases for you know. <laughs> for a diesel uh, engine. Yeah, for a diesel engine. Yeah. So I mean, and find it. You know, I, I I'm uh, I I changed a much bigger car for you know a mid-sized car because you know the use case changed. So I mean, it's no different um, in in IT choices. So if you find the right use case, um, then. Um, 
you know, that's where you can find a solution. And I think that's particularly important, you know, for SAP because we have so many different solutions. And um, you know, it's understandable that customers want to have a very clear answer. So it's going to be this product or yeah. that product. But I think many customers actually recognize that you know the answer is more nuanced and appreciate actually that SAP doesn't force you into that binary position. It can be. There are cases where a customer would say, you know what, our use case, or we are better served with completely new solutions and technology and get away from the old. That is optional, but not necessary. So it's, it's like always where you really should attack the topic by asking the question like, what is your strategy? Uh, where do you want to be in a few years? What are your customers doing? What is your competition doing? And so on. And start then to build the case from there. It's like you, you probably know that statement. It's the business stupid. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing applies to solutions itself. Yeah. Um, since IT and business have grown much more together and, and the cloud itself, it's, it's even proving that. We had ERP projects running with some of our partners where uh, I thought it was in episode five. She told like, we did a whole ERP project with one person from IT mm -hmm. and this was a working student. Yeah, Because time and world has yep. changed and with, with cloud, um, it is like that and things, things, things change. When we do a little bit something like a sidestep to, let's say, a, another solution, which is the SIP uh, Data Warehouse Cloud, maybe things are a little bit different because we are not talking here about something completely new, but we are talking something about, or maybe I'm wrong, about a use case which has been there before, but I may call it reimagined. Um, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Because that's very interesting. Um, I, I get, for example, the feedback like data warehouse. Do we still need it with the existence of SAP Analytics Cloud? If yes, then why is it? Why did you choose to also put it into the cloud? Yeah, I I wouldn't even frame it in you know the um, analytics cloud conversation. Just in general, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Who would have thought? I mean. I grew up with data warehouses, right? Mm -hmm. You know, with um, um, you know, denormalizing you know, uh, relational uh, schemas, you know, in order to um, you know build a more efficient way to report and all the good things that a data warehouse brought. You know, getting it all in one place and and, and uh, very efficient and structured and modeled. Um, you know, who would have thought that now? What is it? 20 years, two decades or longer, actually, no, it is longer, that there is this revival, yeah. what do you say, reimagination of, of a data warehouse, you know, coming back. So, um, and it is coming back. And, you know, honestly, I, I don't think many of us would have expected that. You know, we, we may have expected that, okay, um, you know, the, the enterprise data warehouse did have a lot of value. Right? I think many customers have benefited from it, and they still do. Um, but you know, things are changing right now. Data is is gravitating towards the cloud, and and you know, with that, you know, chances that it will gravitate towards one point are slim. It would actually you know fragment, um, and a better solution would be now to you know be able to you know sort of tap into this you know highly fragmented, ambiguous you know, uh, almost literary cloud of data 
um, in, in, in other forms. And I think that is happening. Um, but on the other side, what a lot of customers, at least what I'm hearing, what they found is that, you know, one, there, there is no real good solution for that. Um, and there's so much information right now in, in data lakes that is inaccessible. And that's not good either, yeah. right? So it is highly unstructured, but you know, now we can get out. You know, we have a lot of it, but we can get it out. Exactly. We have collected yeah. it successfully, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Collection was very, it was very fast and, and, and a lot. And, you know, and, and I think a lot of com companies hit the wall. And, uh, you know, primarily what I hear a lot of customers telling me is like, you know, we're, we're really reaching the, uh, the end of Hadoop, mm -hmm. right? You know, and it was great, like you said, you know, for collecting it and it's super fast, but, you know, we cannot do anything with it, right? Other than to move it somewhere else. So, um, and I think, you know, that's where Data Warehouse, you know, almost made its, you know, return, uh, but now in, in a different form. Uh, so it is different, but the, the concept of having a more structured and governed um, system uh, has made its reappearance, but now it appeared in the cloud. And the difference is, is that um, you have the same concept and same values, mm -hmm. but it is now more flexible and less complex and more scalable than what we had before. So in, in that sense, technology now hasn't uh, spawned a new concept, but it has now given the opportunity to support an old concept in a, in a more efficient manner. So that, that's what we're seeing with Data Warehouse. So, and, and that's you know, clearly uh, an ask uh, you know, from our customers. Again, it's, it's very similar to what I said earlier about the, one of the reasons we knew that we had to do something different is that our customers were telling that they were leaving us and going somewhere else. Maybe not entirely, but certainly for certain solutions. And you know, we clearly got that message Luckily, I think we picked it up that signal earlier than we did at the time with analytics. Um, but clear signal uh, that we were getting from our customers like, well, you know what? We like you for your highly governed and structured governed data sources. Uh, but for new uh, ways of managing that type of data, we're looking elsewhere and, and, you know, more flexible solutions and more scalable. And we're going to the cloud, you know, primarily. Okay. So we set. We're gonna, we're gonna serve you there. We have all the knowledge, you know, Alex. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not new. That's that's the beauty. It's, it's data warehousing is almost in our DNA, and uh, you know, we we like to, um, you know, live through that same revival. I sometimes hear customer like seeing it from a certain, let's say, organizational standpoint. This topic when they say like, I really simplify now. Former BI in the old times was like manager A and manager B are talking about the same things. Then the, let's say, more, more operative people found out that they have more or less the same necessities. Then they say, I want to know where I am. I need, to, I need my data. I need my numbers. So BW was then more moving to something like on, from a management reporting tool to a more operative reporting tool when data mart and so on was happening now those people are better served let's say maybe with embedded analytics in the erp like we have in s4 or maybe in the sap analytics cloud and um, the let's say former the original purpose still exists but the shift is more into the way of new kinds of data being able like to embrace experience data and so on do you agree with that kind of approach to that topic yeah and i think it's it, it's both 
It, it's not either or. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing. So so let me answer the the the, the first one first, right? So on, on sort of the managerial yeah. point of view, and then I get to the you know more operational. So what were the the and I'll give you an example. That's that's the easiest. The most common use case that we're seeing right now from our customers that are looking for a solution like a data warehouse cloud, a flexible, scalable, easy to use, an elastic solution, is actually to combine exactly the two things that I mentioned earlier, the structured, governed data source, like BW, the business warehouse, and the data lake, that unstructured, ambiguous, you know, amorphous, you know, lake of data that no one can query. But they need both. They need to, you know, you can't, not either or. The data that they have in that governed source is not in the data lake and vice versa, right? So also you cannot turn the data lake into this structured source um, and vice versa. They need both. So what they do need is a, we call it the semantic layer on top of that where you can combine it. Now the trick is, and that is different from what we had in the past, because you could say, well, no, then you can suck it into you know, another data warehouse like we did in the past. But um, you know, they need to do it in a more efficient manner, and it needs to be more flexible. So it's not doing it you know, for a permanent solution, but it's more to answer you know, a business problem at that moment, maybe even by the business user. So now it's more of having a framework on top of that. And again, we call it the semantic layer, so that a business user can do it for the most part themselves, um, but with still you know, uh, a, a governed way of doing it. So IT is not losing its touch entirely. In fact, and it's not control or anything. I think it's actually IT can still provide its value to the business by providing the kind of semantics so that business users can trust that data. And when then two managers can, you know, when they get together, they can still have a consistent point of view so they can actually have a conversation and communicate you know, information rather than, you know, siloed data that, you know, one got out of one source in one way and another got out of another source. So that that's one. I think that's what we're tackling, um, you know, with Data Warehouse Cloud. The other point, which you said, is also happening. And, and this is the beauty because it's totally consistent for us with the same kind of tools and the same experience is where we bring this kind of analytics also into the business process. So this is actually a level below what I just talked about um, in terms of transactional data and, uh, and operational data, where we now have embedded analytics into the business processes so that you have it right at hand and not just a, at a you know, periodic basic, but basis, but you know, having it day to day. You know? For example, if you're Working in finance, you know, and, and you're doing your um, accounts receivables, and you need to do some quick analysis, you know, in order to um, do your job or do the next task in your job, you need to, uh, you know, be able to do that, you know, without having to be taken out of that context, and and that is that is the uh, the benefit of having it embedded, literally embedded into your context. Uh, for me, embedded is not just the technical point of view. Mm -hmm. This is your, you know, why would you care if it's technically, you know, integrated? I don't care as a user. Exactly, absolutely you not. Know, the, yeah. For me, it's much more, and I've used this word from the very beginning: is that you know, keep people in context. You know, what is the, you know, the, the human brain uh, can multitask, but it's very hard at switching between tasks. So it can only do a few tasks at the same time. It's not 
uh, uh, it's capable of doing that. But it's very hard if you're switching to a different type of task and changing the context. And that's where we become unproductive. And I think that's you know, what's behind this is we, when you can keep someone in its uh, or keep someone in, in the context of, of a task, uh, you know, a business um, uh, or you know, the job or the, the, the uh, daily job that someone has to perform, um, that, that's where the benefits will be. So, yes, you know, technically that, that means it's embedded and integrated, et cetera. But for the business, it's more important that it's within that context. So to, to, um, you know, to summarize, I, I think it's both, you know, mm -hmm. where we're providing that, that kind of capability, you know, let's say for more managerial type of information or aggregated information, combining different uh, data from different sources, um, as well as, as embedded uh, into the business process. And then the last is that out of that, uh, it's actually circular, and you already mentioned it, mm -hmm. insight into action. So whatever your decisions that you take from the insights that you get from combining data from a, a, a data warehouse or any structured data source with a data lake, you know, external experience information, what have you, that you can then plug that back into your business process so you can actually make your decisions actionable. Since it's at the moment almost impossible to talk with SAP without getting that name experience data or experience management, um, I think isn't this something where you get something like an additional push for your stuff you're doing? Because we are with that opening a complete new discipline of business, which may be also even maybe even increase the need for the stuff you're doing. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is, I think it's always been there. We just never, you know, paid that much attention to it. Right? Experience has always been there. And so, but I think it's for us, important in two ways, how we really take it to the next level, right? So um, I think experience management is just, you know, now recognized as this category. Um, and um, it, I, I think we, we always you know, sort of have, you know, worked in, you know, on it, you know, experience, you know, customer experience in, in UX, um, you know, user experience. But also feedback, getting feedback from a customer. So I think those processes have always been here. Here's what we're doing different and better and improving. We have made experience an integral part of our product and product strategies. So what it means is that this is no longer just about you know, a bunch of features and functions right, that I give to you as a solution, as a business user. This actually starts with the second you get an email and that you sign up. That's where the experience starts, right? And it's our job to make sure that that experience is a good one all the way through, right? So remember in the past, you know, you could have gotten an email, so, you know, log on, whatever. All along the way, the experience could have been crappy, right? And then, okay, yeah, I get great functionality. So we want to make sure that that experience is, is um, um, you know, world-class and, well, delightful, right? That's a good word. Yeah, dare I say delightful? Why not? You know, Absolutely. We build movies that, or create movies that delight people. Why not build software to delight people? By the way, it reminds me of a quick story. Uh, uh, one of the taglines that I threw out, um, you know, at the time, or it may have been uh, Dave Williams from Product Marketing. Shout out to Dave. Um, when we built this new software and we really wanted to make good solutions for our customers, you know, one tagline that we threw out is that Mondays never looked so good. <laughs> 
Yeah, but, but that's absolutely <laughs> true because Monday... The people will be looking forward to Monday because they could get to work with our software. Um, that, that's a story I always tell because I have customers who are struggling with their MRPs already so much because of the data volumes and, and, and the MRP and their old legacy system takes so long that they say, I have, I'm, I have just one system. I'm a global operating company. I have not anymore in the night that small space where everybody is sleeping, so I have to do my MRP in the night. So, Which means that basically the whole week the people are working into something like a backlog and uh, everything gets more fuzzy and more foggy and so on. And then the surprise comes on Monday morning. Yeah, did it actually work out what I did last week? Yeah, And in, in that way, that sentence... Absolutely nails, nails the head. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I, we, we wanted to go a step further, not just that it worked, but you were actually looking forward to it. You know, hey, I, I get the pleasure of working with this great software again. And, and that, that is really the experience. Mm. And like I said, so we took it a, in a step further than just pure functionality, uh, but the whole onboarding process. Certainly now that we offer it as a service and not just as software that we ship to you that IT installs for you. Now as a service, you know, the, the moment that we um, engage with a customer, the experience matters. That's why we have designers and writers you know, and, and you know, content builders that are not engineers, but augmented engineers uh, that build great technology and great functionality, uh, but you know, layer on top of that you know, great experience. So to case in point, we came out with Data Warehouse Cloud. Right, new product, yeah. all functionality, right? And we had done this in the past before we have a lot of experience. So we could have built something similar as we had in the past and put it in the cloud, right? Put a tag on it, you know, say now it's cloud. But we didn't. Uh, it, we made experience an integral part. And how that surfaced was when we did, um, we called it the headliner program. So work with some of our top customers that are very close to us and, and take them through this program and work with the earlier versions and give us their feedback, right? Their experience. Well, guess what? When we asked those customers, and this was unaided, right? We didn't ask, hey, well, how was your experience? Yeah. Really All open we, question. Really open question. Mm -hmm. Take us through the process from the start. Anything goes. Tell me what comes up. And they could have, you know, they could have, um, you know, gone straight into the functionality, right? A lot of these people are, are technical um, uh, people, you know, building business warehouses and, and what have you, building models, schemas, and all that stuff. They could have gone straight to functionality. Guess what? They started with, I got an email, which is really nice. I clicked on it. The first thing where I landed, that was it was beautiful. Um, I saw all these videos that got me started, um, which was really helpful. Um, I was guided towards you know, where I needed to go, et cetera, et cetera. That was even before they got to the functionality. Mm -hmm. so, um, and it was a great validation that we were doing the right thing. We were bringing that experience you know, as an integral part of our service, which I think is, you know, that's, that, that's our obligation. So there you have it. We're not just here to help your business and business processes. We're here to make you happy in your job. Yeah, and, and the experience is like the carrier for the qualities and for the content and so on. Like, well, like we discussed before we like started recording when you said, like, oh, great equipment you got. Yeah, the, the audio quality of this podcast, the experience that you don't sound like, shh, but uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the, the door opener for 
yeah. getting people access to your content. Yeah, yeah? because yeah. otherwise they they would not listen for 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, and listen, why why would we be any different from any other service provider? Yeah, you know, if you go to a uh, if you go to a restaurant, you also like you know things to be clean and nice, <laughs> right? So. Our software should also be, you know, best easy. put out of the yeah, dirty yeah. dish. Yeah. So, and and I said, uh, I, um, I I want to do service also to you and your questions. You ask, you know, I said I would answer. Um, My experience know, is great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good. Um, no, I I said I had two things for you. So that was mm -hmm. the first. We integrated experience yeah. management, and the second is that we also are using which is now sort of known as the experience management. Uh, within SAP and you know with Qualtrics, uh, the company that that we acquired, um, that you know we're also using that um, in in our you know solutions. So I think we're one of the first guys, yeah, one of the first using Qualtrics integrated uh, to get our customer feedback, and um, also there, it, it is about application, right? So we could take Qualtrics and use it. And uh, you know, take customers' feedback. But again, I said that's nothing new in itself. We've always taken customer feedback, um, but we're just doing it more efficient, and it's part of the um, um, solution, right? And it's adding to the experience. However, if we just take feedback and not give anything in return, that doesn't do anything to experience. Now, I'll give you one example. Uh, we've talked about this before. Yeah, I fly a lot, right? So I'm on airplanes, and you know, at a certain point, these airlines start to send surveys, right? So they send you a survey, you know, say, hey, thank you for flying, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Airline, thank you for flying. We'd like you to take this survey, okay? I'm like, okay, good. They ask me for my opinion, so I'll take the survey. I'll tell you, Alex, I stopped doing it. You know why? Mm. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Yeah, well, sure. at least I don't know. Yeah. Maybe something happens, but... How do I know? There was no, I got nothing in return other yeah. than thank you for taking the survey. Okay, and now, mm -hmm. you yeah, know, I, I'm not expecting a reward, um, but, but but at least some hint that you you made a change with your. You know feedback. what, Alex? I'd be fine if they send me an email. It's like we went through your survey. At least acknowledged that yeah. someone read it. Or they could have told me this. You know, look, actually, you know, to be honest, we don't read them. Yeah. <laughs> Or they could have said, you know, yes, we write it, and but and, we don't agree, and we don't agree exactly. Even that would be better. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> the only person asking exactly. this, so sorry, you're not that special. No, but I mean, anything, yeah. anything. I would have appreciated, honestly, I would have appreciated, you know, any mm -hmm. of that. You know, they could be. I'm, I'm out of my mind, and don't expect any of that. And if you disagree, go go find another airline. I would have, uh, you know, honey, appreciated that, uh, and respected them for it. Now I get nothing. So what happens? I stopped taking surveys. Yeah, sure. I'm not giving them any feedback anymore. Why would I? Mm -hmm. Why would I give them It's any a feedback? waste of time? At least that's how it feels to me. Yeah. And they they may and and that's the pity. Maybe they are doing a lot with it, but I don't know. And and maybe I will find out at some point in the future that something has improved, something that I contributed to. But I don't know when. So my my expectations are, you know. You know, so low that you know why bother? So I want to prevent that, right? I want our customers to get in, you know I wouldn't say immediate feedback, but at least being acknowledged for the feedback. And you know we have to be specific, 
Because I can always say, oh, thank you for your feedback, Alex. Mm-hmm. No, thank you for your feedback, Alex. That comment that you made about such and such, you can expect, actually, there were more customers asking for it. So you're in good company, and we're going to address it in you know, six months' time. In fact, what we're going to do is you know, we're going to group you with these customers. You're going to be on a special attention list, and we're going to send you and expect an email from us with an update in four weeks, whatever. Yeah. That's where it starts to matter. And um, so we're working on that. Um, I'm not saying that we're, we're there yet, but that's certainly my expectation you know, uh, for, for my teams because I think that's where the experience management starts to matter. And that is an integral part of our service, not just the functionality. I'm absolutely sure that that's what people then start to appreciate um, in, in addition to you know, all, all the good you know, stuff that we're delivering in terms of you know, running your data warehouse and, and doing analytics. This is now this additional service that we're offering you so that you can also help us get better. And then, um, in addition to that, um, experience is also not just between us and the customer. It is actually between the customers themselves. So that's that's what we're doing now. We're also building communities. I know that's an easy thing to say, and it's you know very hip and whatever, you know communities. Um, but we don't want it to be a sort of a forum where you. Um, interact with us, mm-hmm. you know, it would be the same thing. No, this should be a forum or it should really be a community where you get value, you know, from other customers, right? So um, I, I think that that can also um, uh, be a major uplift in, in, in the experience where you, know, you as a customer feel, uh, you know, it could be any, anything from appreciated. Maybe you are more a contributor than a receiver, but it's still valuable, right? When people, you know, you contribute, you did some good stuff, it also makes you feel good. That's also a good experience. You know, hey, guys, I found a good way to work with the software, and I want to share it with you. People come back to you and say, that was awesome. Thank you. Um, that's also a great experience. And for those people that, you know, don't know what to do with it and learn from others, you know, that they also have a great resource um, getting it from, from other users. So we're adding that in the two. So for us, it's, it's much broader than that. And we, we certainly want to go beyond just the marketing, you know, speak of, you know, experience management and, and really make it matter, you know, otherwise it would be kind of ironic, right? You know, we would say experience management, keep it at the superficial level, (laughs) (laughs) which is anything but a good experience. Ivo, looking at the time, um, when people want to follow you, where can they do that best? Um, every major airport in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me there. Uh, they can find me on Twitter. Uh, can we share the uh, Absolutely. The That's yeah. why I ask. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter, um, on, on LinkedIn. Um, but also, hey, um, you know, send me an email, um, evo.bowerman at sap.com. I'm sure you'll, you'll post the links to it. Um, send me an email and uh, you know share your feedback. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It was a great Thank pleasure. you for having me. Oh, absolutely. And hope that it will be not the last time. No, it would be good to uh, come back and uh, you know tell you about uh, all the great progress that we're we're making. We're still innovating, Alex. I'm you know, really we're, looking we're, we're not done yet. I'm we got really we got a lot more in store to uh, to help our customers. Perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye.